Welcome to Get in the Herd. Uh, my name is Alex Bond. I'm a peer leader here at the McShin Foundation, as well as a house leader here. Um, I am, more importantly, in recovery from substance use disorder and have found the need to use drugs and substances um, unnecessary at this current point in time, which is wonderful. Um, I'm here with a wonderful group of ladies. Um, Honestly, why don't you take it away? Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Honesty, and you probably know me if you're on the McShin Live. I am under the weather, so sorry I couldn't be there with you guys today. Um, I did get tested for COVID, and it came back negative, so that's Yay. super exciting. Um, yeah, so whatever this is just sucks, and um, it is what it is, you know what I mean? Um, so yes, today is going to be a special, special podcast, I believe, um, because we have some amazing mothers, um, on this podcast, and two of them. Well, one particular I'll start with, she's been with me, gosh, for what eight years now, I think, now, and um. You know, that's Debbie Rosenbaum. She's on our board of directors as well as she's a family member in recovery. And her son is an alum of the McShen Foundation and a part of our family here uh, with my husband and stuff. But, you know, Debbie definitely jumped right in full force as far as advocacy, being on our board of directors and being a face and voice of a, of a parent that has struggled with addiction through their their child's addiction, excuse me. Um, so that's Debbie Rosenbaum. I'm not sure she's on the bottom right to me. I don't know if this Hollywood squares where she is for y'all. And then above her is little sweet Miss Marta Lafleur. Sorry, I can't talk good. And um, she um, she didn't know about McShin. And unfortunately, her daughter passed away, Brenna, and from from addiction. And she showed up on our doorstep. And since that day after that, she's been a part of our McShin family. She's been on our board of directors. She does groups with our participants. She created um, the Brenner Scholarship Fund. So that's amazing to be able to honor her daughter in that way. And amongst other things, she's done um, some of the biggest fundraisers that we've done at McShin has been because of Martyr and all of her um, advocacy work that she does in her own home throughout her community, throughout her workplace. And then to Alex's right, I think, um, is Lisa Bennett. And Lisa is, okay, y'all have a lag. I was like, wait, can they not hear me? <laughs> okay, all right, cool. I don't know if it's like the sickness or like, whoa, dude. Um, so Lisa is on our board of directors as well. Um, she found us through her personal advocacy. She lost her son um, to addiction and she was able to um, be a voice um, as well, a very powerful voice through, specifically through social media and through um, her faith in God and everything that she's doing to help individuals um, that are still out there using and help the family members that have been affected. So three amazing women, uh, two are on our board and one uh, used to be on our board, but she's still never going to get rid of us um, because we love her so. I just kind of wanted to start off just each woman kind of going on how you found McShen and just your own personal um, story. And then we'll, me and Alex will get into some questions. So Debbie or whoever. Debbie. Okay. Yeah, I'll be glad to start. Um, we found McShen through um, when our son was in the hospital, someone mentioned McShen in another place. So um, when Blake was, or when our son was getting ready to leave the hospital, we needed a place for him to go. So, um, honesty, actually you had a conversation with my husband and we talk about that and we'll never forget that conversation because it really was life changing. And basically honesty asked us, we had tried other places and they had a million questions and, uh, criteria for entrance <clears throat> and uh, McShin's three questions, Honesty's three questions were how old is he, what's his name, and when's he coming, when's he showing up. So needless to say we were thrilled with that and um, it was a good fit and he was able to uh, find his recovery with, with all of you back in the day. So we appreciate that so much. Yeah, we love Blakey. I call him Blakey. You get a nickname if you stick around a while. So we love Blakey. Marta? Well, 
honestly did a great job of covering my involvement. I truly believe that my daughter's spirit led me to action. It was what I needed at the time because I had no clue. I was totally clueless about this whole addiction thing. Didn't have anybody that I was willing to talk to because she felt the stigma so badly. So to all of a sudden be surrounded by this group of loving individuals who knew what she had gone through, understood completely, and accepted me into their herd was just totally amazing. And I have found through my involvement over the years that where my heart really lies is actually working with our participants. I'm still going to advocate. I'm still going to do everything I can to help the organization. But actually working with our participants is near and dear to my heart and having a chance to love on them some. <laughs> and so not only um, not only if working with them, Marta teaches them how to knit and crochet and stuff. So it's really cool seeing some of those big burly men in there um, continually to, uh, making those scarves and socks and stuff. It's super cool. Thank you. Lisa. Well, I had a, a friend tell me about McShin. Um, I reached out really in, in total desperation. Um, my heart was breaking. I, I needed an outlet. I needed to understand this disease. And I immediately dove right in. Um, I want to say McShin is saving so many lives through um, all of the programs, but McShin saved my life. McShin, um, the people here just welcomed me. They allowed me to get involved, allowed me to reach out and form friendships. Um, I've taken some classes here. McShin has just done wonderful things for me and has really helped with my healing. Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess, you know, to touch on, on all three of y'all's stories. So each of y'all had a child, um, affected by the disease of addiction and, you know, a big part of McShin's programming and what we do is, is not just, you know, saving that individual with the substance use disorders, but, but is healing the whole families, you know, and all three of you have taught me many things on how to not just about recovering and addiction, but how to be a mom in my home, um, specifically Marta and Debbie are deep in discussions that we've had throughout all these years and my um, asking for advice and, and stuff like that um, has helped me personally tremendously. Um, but I guess, you know, I guess the biggest thing, you know, for McShin, the the thing, the, the, the branch of McShin we've heard the most is that family unit. So if y'all want to touch on like, you found out how you got to McShin, but is there anything like you could say out there um, to the people listening that can help the family members as far as they feel like their family member is using, um, specifically a child, you know, that's, that is, I have two children, so I like, you know, I totally understand. I feel like that is even harder when you're a mom and you're supposed to like protect the child and you're supposed to keep them from getting harmed and hurt. Um, so what are y'all's, you can just go around, what are y'all's views on that as far as giving some advice to family members if, if you think, if they think someone is using it in their home? Um, I think what I, always try to talk about is the family member trying to educate themselves. Um, and then secondly, education meaning um, you can reach out to recovery centers like McShin, you can call, you can ask questions, um, you can read, there's plenty of things to read, there's plenty of videos to look at. Um, a while back I found something called, um, a video series called Put the Shovel Down and um, they have some amazing uh, ideas on how to motivate your person to maybe 
get help. Um, I think it's also really important if you can find a place, like we found a place, each one of us ladies found a place at McShen where we could go and meet with other families and parents, you know, moms and dads, and we had a safe place and we developed another family there. So some of us don't live around their parents or our kids aren't with their grandparents. And um, there's so much isolation and stigma going on. So it was fun. It was nice to finally have a place to go where I felt like I had a another, it was like going to church for me. Um, uh, so I had my church family, I had my regular family, and then I had my McShin family. And I still have that family all these years down the road. So I, I would always encourage people to try to reach out and find a their own network, I guess. Sure. And like their own herd, you know, because y'all developed through the family council that we have and y'all developed your own herd, just like we have, um, you know, we've developed a herd with us people in recovery, but also, you know, you guys have, I've seen it with my own eyes, you know, grow into and blossom into this beautiful thing that y'all supported each other throughout all these years, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, also... Excuse me. You want to go ahead? After you, Marta, go for it. All right. I would also say education. But I would say education for everybody because none of us, when our kids became teenagers, thought our children were ever going to end up addicted. And we go into this and find out this and have absolutely no clue. So educating yourself earlier rather than later. And if you don't need it for your family, I guarantee you are going to need it to be able to support a friend whose family is suffering. There's just so much of it out here that there's no way around it. And if people know that you are open to talking about this, they are likely to reach out to you um, and talk to you because they feel like this is a safe place. So I just feel that it's really, really important that we educate as many people as we can possibly educate. Um, And McShin does a great job at that, but we've got to be able to convince people that they need this education. Mm. Right. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, the, the question that kind of popped into my head, at least, was, um, and, and Lisa, feel free to answer this, was, mm-hmm. was, yeah, helping that family member that is addicted is really important. But I know that there's a very interesting dynamic that I can't understand as an addict versus a parent of one um, is, I guess, that stigma that is just a little bit different with the parenting aspect to it, because I know a lot of parents that have, that have said like, you know, there, there's almost this sense of, I don't know, shame of being like, Oh my, your kid's an addict. You must be a bad parent. So how do you kind of overcome maybe that sort of stigma or, or deal with that sort of process? That's challenging because there is the stigma. Um, People obviously think, you know, what kind of home did this kid come from? Mm -hmm. What possessed them to do this? Um, and, it, and it's not about the parent. And I, as a parent, I mean, I have had a lot of guilt myself. Uh, I think back to the times that I should have continued the counseling with my son. I think back to, you know, did, should I have given him the Ritalin? Was it my fault? Um, there is a lot of guilt with that. Um, and changing the stigma is is a really hard thing to do. Um, I don't really know how we go about doing that, to be honest. I mean, we can educate. Mm-hmm. But until, until this hits your front doorstep, it tends to remain. I mean, I, I was, and, and I, I'm ashamed to say this, but I, I'm going to be honest. I was that parent you know, when I heard about so-and-so's kid using, my first response was, well, don't let that kid in my house. Mm. You know, I don't want them to take it from me or, um, you know, what, what are they, what's going on behind closed doors? I, I was the person that was judging. And when it hit me on a personal level, I had to step back 
And um, it was very humbling. It was very humbling. And now I, I, I've met so many people and have heard so many stories. And the parents have done fabulous jobs. It, the root of this is pain. There, there is a lot of childhood trauma involved. Um, sometimes there's mental illness. Um, it's not anything that the parents are doing. But that's just my opinion. I mean, is there always room for improvement as a parent? Yes. There's always things we could have done better. Um, but we can't blame ourselves. Sure. And like, I don't know, am I unmuted? Sorry. This sickness has taken my brain cells. Um, I'm sick, everybody. So sorry. I, my hair is cray. I mean, this is like insane right now. Oh, my goodness. But I love y'all. And I was like, I had to just throw some water on my face and come on here. Um, so I want to touch like what Lisa, uh, two parts on what Lisa said. So A, like, what can we do until it's hit at home? I think all three of you have done a damn good job on reducing that negative, negative outlook on addiction because I have personally seen it with my own two eyes. You know, I don't think we're going to change every single person in the world's, you know, perspective on addiction. I would be, you know selling myself short if I thought that. But the more that we talk about it and the more we get our stories, I mean, our stories have power, you know, and, you know, being able to like how open and free you guys are was well, specifically, I see Lisa a lot on social media talking about her son and just all the good things that he's doing, you know, and being a voice. And then I've Debbie has gone with us to like the general assembly and trying to like get bills passed and Marta's whole company of earth people is what we call them. Earth people. Um, congratulations, Ashley. That's amazing. Keep going. Congrats. Um, awesome. But uh, Marta changed her whole company's, I feel like, view on addiction. Y'all have no idea what this little, she's like this big, Marta. And this little lady, like, did to, like, her company that she works for, which is an amazing company and has given to McShin in so many different ways, not just fiscally, but just, just uh, welcoming us, welcoming us in and having a seat at the table. Like we didn't feel, I mean, stigmatized or anything through all the meetings we had with her company and just this into stuff like that. So I think, you know, you're right. You know, it is different once someone has actually been affected by addiction. You know what I mean? Because I mean, obviously I've been doing this for 13 years now. Hey, um, so but, you know, it used to be way worse when I first came to McShann and first started to learn to advocate through John and Carol. Like now it's least, unfortunately, addiction is hitting everybody. So more policymakers and more people are seeing the effects that we're not just, you know, stealing out their garage or whatever. Like it, it, it impacts all walks of life, all different families. Um, so I think y'all are doing a damn good job of being advocates. I think the mm -hmm. the the way that we change is to never stop, you know, to continually keep being advocates. And like the other thing, because I, I do, um, fortunately and super unfortunately, like I've dealt with a lot of parents and they just, they beat themselves up as far as like, what could I've done? Shoulda, coulda, woulda. And I'm a parent. I have a 10 year old and I have an 18 year old daughter and she's been drug tested since she was 12. John taught me how to do that at an early age. So I've been doing that, which I think we've been good. I mean, she's passed everyone. Um, but like, even just as a mom in recovery, like, am I doing this right? Am I making the right decision? I think it's natural for all of us as humans and our human nature to second guess ourselves, you know, and specifically as moms, because again, um, not just in, you know, the world alone, I feel like moms, women are more stigmatized that have addiction, to be honest with you, because I feel like we um, are supposed to be the moms and the wives and the blah, 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 cook, clean, not up in my house. But, um, you know, we, my husband treats me equally, like we're equal, you know, and it's, it's important to remember, like, you know, no matter what 
do it with our children. We do the best that we can if we truly feel like that's the best that we can do. And knowing y'all three, I really truly feel that 100%. Like I really not just say it, I feel like the amazing women that you guys are, man, I mean, just if 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 people on earth had a, just a tiny bit of like the hearts um, that you three ladies have, man, I just think this world would just be a, such a better place for real. Well, thank you. I think we got like, a place where we have a voice. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't have a voice, don't have a, a tribe behind them. And I think we have a tribe behind us. And honestly, for my family, um, all those dinners together on Wednesday nights before everything, just and and seeing seeing so many people attempting recovery, seeing so many family members there with them, that changed our world in a big way because we were this big, the four of us, all of a sudden we were that big. And we just were privy to so many things. So it's easy, I think, for for us to talk about this because it's been talked about and we've been just in the culture of it for so long. Um, but I think it's very important for the for us to continue because I want anybody to feel free to to talk to me if there's a problem in their family. And that's I, happened. Yeah. I think Shin has done a fabulous job at being faces and voices of recovery. And I think that breaks down the stigma. And if people say, oh, that's an addict, you know, they have this picture of somebody dirty and filthy and living under a bridge, which yet happens sometimes, but that's not who these people are. And McShin people go out there and they go, I'll give Adam a shameless pitch here. So Adam's husband has a lawn care company and they come and cut my grass every other week for me. And he uses McShin people to do this. And they Mm -hmm. were here last weekend, this past weekend. And the people next door to me were having a fence replaced and they needed to move a pile of wood in order to get to the fence. And the fella stopped cutting my grass, got off the lawnmower, went over there without being asked, and helped them move the wood. And these are the people we're really dealing with, are the people who are willing to do this kind of thing. And if we can, McShin can keep up this idea that we've got to be faces and voices. And no, he never said, I'm in recovery. He never said, I suffer from a substance use disorder, but he showed by his actions what people in recovery really do. Sure. And that would be Miller's Lawn Care, LLC. Because <laughs> <laughs> my husband works hard and uh, he helps uh, the participants pay their bed fees by keeping them employed at McShen. So thank you. Yeah, we're super cool people. You know, I mean, not... You know, it takes time and it takes energy for sure. But, you know, we got to remember, like, we're still human, too. Like, we're human beings. We're not a pile of trash on the ground. You know, and I think that that is something that people forget sometimes because, A, they've been affected by addiction in a negative way. Or that's just how, unfortunately, society, movie, media, you know, they glorify people's addiction, you know. glorify recovery stories absolutely and that that, that sounds like either my boy uh jeff proctor or Dion stark so I, I know it had to have been one of them so that yeah. doesn't surprise me at all um they are very genuine people who would give you the shirt off their back because i think that's the just the type of person that they are and yeah. i think that you know addicts have that sort of mentality a lot of times because a lot of us had nothing and someone did that for us um one of the questions that I had for you ladies was, um, I think finding your voice is very important. Um, and I, I don't want to, uh, I guess, 
dilute or denigrate the value of that. But I think that's such an intimate experience that you can almost do completely by yourself. So what's I think maybe even more important than that is is finding the platform to use that sort of voice. Um, thankfully, McShin has given people that sort of platform. But I guess what would you recommend to other people to try to find that platform to use use that voice? Um, personally, for me, I try to use every opportunity as a platform. Um, when I'm at church, when I'm at my place of employment, I'm very open and honest about what my family's been through. Now, that's not going to be everybody's case. Um, but I think that um, for me, that works. So everybody has the opportunity to um, use what they have as if they're if they're willing to be honest or if they're willing to be open, because a lot of people just aren't are not open that way. And that's OK. Um, but because of what I've been given, I have to I have to personally do that. And it, and it really has been a blessing because people at work will hear me talk about it. and They'll say, you know what, I'm dealing with the same thing at home. Or I dealt with that before, or I had a kid in prison because he got caught with, you know, X, Y, and Z and, and he's okay now, or, you know, my child dealt with that and my child died. So, um, Ed and I, my family does it. Um, we just, uh, use that opportunity. But again, we were, we were loved on an awful lot before we got to this point. So, um, I think that's where the tribe comes in or whoever you're around. It, it doesn't have to be a big tribe of people, but I know Lisa's found it at McShane. I know Marta's found it. I found it. Lots of other families have found it. So. And yeah. I've noticed to... a lot of like effect. The way that that works is like, as soon as one person says something, they feel more comfortable saying something. Marta, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I come at it from a different point of view because Debbie's child is alive and doing well. And that's, you know, amazing. And we're all thrilled for her. My daughter felt the stigma so badly and she blamed herself until the day she died. Mm -hmm. And I know it. I can go in her room and still find writings where she has said how much she blamed herself. So before she died, I didn't feel that I should speak at all because of how she, that might affect her. And once she died, it was like, okay, nobody else should go through this. And if I keep quiet about it, there might be somebody out there that I could have helped not go through this. And Brenna leading me to make sure made me realize Well, I can relate to Marla, too, because um, losing Tyler, um, as a parent, you, you wrestle with, do I keep quiet about this? You know, what are the neighbors going to think? Um, and pride is a sin. Hmm. And, I, and I thought, you know, Lisa, you can keep your mouth shut all day long. But who's, who is that going to help? It wasn't going to help anybody. And I thought, you know, this isn't anything I'm proud of. Um, my son made a, a poor choice, which unfortunately resulted in his death. But I wanted to come out with. And, and try to give other people encouragement and try to change. Um, I've also birthed a ministry. That's we talk about platforms. Mm -hmm. um, that's the platform that I'm using is um, just trying to have a reason to to reach out to people suffering from this ugly disease, to show them love, to show them acceptance, to let them know they're not alone and that they are good people. Um, so that's my platform. Well, and I think, too, for Lisa specifically, um, Lisa really gets involved with the participants, too, like Marta and Debbie do. Um, and, and again, all of us have a set of skills. We were born that way, right? So Marta does the crocheting and Debbie does the knitting and all that. Or I could be getting the, I don't know the difference between the two, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't do it to save my life. But um, Lisa... Um, 
has developed a lot of really close relationships with the participants I've seen through music, through God, you know, and, you know, McShen, of course, is all pathways of recovery. And she brings a very biblical presence to the McShen Foundation, not just for being on our board, but the participants love and respect her too. So I think like, there could be multitudes of platforms, whether it's social media, the editorials, like, you know, John always says, write them editorials and it works because I've written a bunch and they get published, you know, um, but it's more of coming out of the woodwork, like coming out of the shadows and sharing your experience, like Marta said, you know, I don't think there's this cookie cutter, here's a book, here's a class on if your kid is using in the other room, how do you advocate and not, um, you know, offend your child or, or not push too hard or too hard. I mean, I don't know of a special, you know, there's a bunch of crap out there, but as far as like, things to choose from, but until you're experiencing it, I think that that is what the experience is. You know what I mean? And I think through y'all three being able to share in Alex, shit, shoot, sorry, it's it's my sickness, telling his story. Uh, I'm doing everything on my sickness and it's not COVID. I'm drinking this smoothie. If you see my face squinch up, it is like a green. It's got like every vegetable and a lemon in it and like um, what is that? Apple cider vinegar it's like got all of them trying to knock I don't do well with um, but it's not COVID so I'm very grateful and uh, you know but but like I was saying like I think to your question Alex I think like if you feel the need or the the push to advocate I think there's so many ways to do that and the the biggest way is just to share your story no matter what it is, no matter what you're ashamed of, F it. You know what I mean? I mean, life is just um, really too short to be able, for me, I can speak of to like um, not share my shame, not share the stuff that I've overcome through recovery, you know, and, and be that platform. Yeah, I'm the CEO of McShen, blah, blah, but it's also like, it, life is much more than that for me, you know what I mean? And being able to share my struggles even today in my recovery, you know, and I think you make what platform you can possibly, you don't need McShen Foundation to be your platform is really what I'm trying mm -hmm. to say. It's like you try to figure out whether it's in your church bulletin, whatever, you know, I think it's you figure out what your platform is. I mean, that's advocacy 101 is that relationship, um, we learned that on the thing the other day, the relationship, um, relational organizing and uh, Ryan Hampton and his crew. And like you start with your relationships, you know, you start with your neighbors, you start with your loved ones, you start uh, reducing those barriers because the more barriers we have out there, that more negative outlook on addiction, the less people are going to go get help, you know? So I think that is the biggest platform is, finding your platform and there is no here find this 101 platform i think it's whatever works best for you and whatever your heart you know guides you to mm -hmm. no absolutely and uh there, there's one thing that you mentioned that i kind of wanted to touch on a little bit or or at least ask you ladies was you said that um you can't really know until you've lived it um i, I was wondering if y'all ladies felt the same way because i know that my mom had to kind of decipher and weed through the truths and the untruths of the internet and stuff like that. And then actually try to have a conversation with me. Well, I mean, I've, I've been getting in trouble since I turned 18. Um, so, you know, the word alcoholic comes up and I have a family history of it and I'm in denial. And, and, you know, since it is like a self-diagnosable thing, it's not exactly easy to weed through the person diagnosing it being the the one suffering from it at the same time because they're just going to lie and manipulate and deny or whatever so i was kind of wondering what what if if y'all believe that you have to experience it or do you get that education from someone else who has experienced it and kind of how you you can actually educate yourself on it or educate other people to it does that make sense I got it. I think that you can be educated as much as possible beforehand, but it's like if you were diagnosed with cancer, 
you know, you've learned about cancer. Everybody knows about cancer. But until you actually have to make that choice, am I going to have surgery? Am I going to have chemo? Am I going to have radiation? And now it's right there in your front yard. And you have to do something. And maybe it's the right thing. Maybe it's the wrong thing. All we can do is depend on the advice of the professionals that we get and what we feel in our hearts. And I think it's the same thing when you are actually really faced with a loved one who is disease. I agree. I agree too. Yeah. You don't know the tear until it hits your doorstep, you know, and then there's panic and, and all of that. But then, you know, and, and the other thing that I was thinking um, was the longevity piece of being around people in recovery. I think often people don't get the chance to do, do that. Uh, you know, mom out in suburbia doesn't get the chance to be around people. Um, I feel so blessed because I was able to. That piece has stuck with me more than anything because I had, I didn't just have 28 days to learn what to do for the, you know, for my, to help my loved one. Um, and even with having recovery in our lives for almost eight years, I'm still learning. Like I didn't give up just because he got well. I keep going because I understand that, you know, um, addiction, can hit at any moment with any of my friends and family and my loved ones. And I want to make sure that I keep up with those um, ideas and um, teachings, learnings. I mean, I just, I, don't, I want to continue to learn because things have changed since we started going down this road. You know, things are a lot different. So thinkings are different, how we treat our loved ones. And um, I always just say, stick with stick with love. You know, at the end of the day, stick with love. You can't you can't be wrong if you do that. It may not get your person help um, right away, but at least they know that they're loved. Love bomb, Debbie. Love bomb. Hi, right. Alden. We love you. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's what that's what I've found a lot is that my gut is a lot more right than I actually gave it credit for. Um, I think most people know what's right and what's wrong. And even if it's, if it's not right, we can, there's a, there's a sense of love and feeling when we, when we reach out that, you know, it doesn't hurt trying is, mm -hmm. is kind of how I think about it. Yeah. And I think like with Debbie to touch on what she said, because she has been in our lives for a long time now and, uh, and she's stuck in state. It's not like, you know, her son, Blakey, Blake, uh, you know, came through McShane and left and, you know, he's part of the McShane alumni barbecue team with my husband and he still comes around McShane and stuff. And I think like the biggest part of like, I feel for, I guess I can really speak for Debbie the most because she's been in this the longest with us, you know, has not only her skills and what she's been through, but how she has integrated her soul into the passion of recovery, along with you two as well, Lisa and Marta, and how things have changed in the addiction field is what she touched on earlier. And there was even more stigma or negative outlook on like MAT, for instance, and certain other recovery pathways, which now here we are 2020, we have multiple pathways. I'm personally in a few different, I feel, pathways of recovery in my personal recovery right now. And I think like the evolution of addiction and the opioid epidemic, you know, I mean, obviously there's an addiction one, but addiction specifically with that one has changed the, um, the look also, the uh, way that we have to advocate now is just, a, it's just, I got, gosh, I'm like an old time, I'm talking now. Um, it was just a lot of, yeah, I do have, I'm a teenager, 13 years, right. and now I'm a teenager. But I'm just saying, like, advocacy was different back in the day, you know? I mean, it just was. But now I think when we do these podcasts, you know, that, that um, Alex and Todd do an amazing job at, like, and Frank and Alex doing them at night, I've been listening. I've been 
usually, especially since I've been sick, I am not awake at nine o'clock, um, but I've been listening to them. And it's like, we have our passions and our platforms, you know, but I think, you know, being raised, I feel like I've been raised in recovery. Yes, I have 13 years of recovery, but I've become an adult in recovery, like legit adult. And being able to like walk through this process with you guys, like that gives me so much hope. Um, because even though I have 13 years, doesn't mean like sometimes I think about all the stuff I did for my parents and my, my sisters and my loved ones. And um, you guys give us, those that are in recovery, so much. Um, I mean, I want to say hope, obviously, but just you help us uh, with our recovery process, with our pain, um, you know, why? because you stick around and you see who we really are. Anyway, sorry. Woo! Next. <laughs> Alex, you got a question. Here's Alex. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say that I, I, I totally get what you're saying, honesty. I mean, um, it's like having three moms um, here with me. Four, I'll include you too, honesty. And um, I'm more it's kind of like I, I, sister, sister, I hear uh, older sister. That's fine. Um, and so it's kind of like hearing my mom's story. I mean, I know that she watches the podcast, but, um, doesn't exactly, I mean, she, she, she advocates in her own way. And I just hear like, I don't, especially since, um, her name is also Debbie and I'm still alive that, that, you know, I think she, she gleans a lot out of this. And I, I look up to y'all uh, a lot and, and the courage that it takes to come on and, and do something like this. Um, it's, it's not easy. I mean, from my perspective, even me just doing it isn't always easy. Um, cause I don't know what I feel comfortable saying and not saying, I mean, there are plenty of things that I keep behind closed doors, but the more I put it out there, the more I feel better about it. Um, there she is right there. Hey mom. <laughs> um, hey mom. Hey mom. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I totally get what you're saying, honestly, and I'm really proud to have you ladies on, and I, I respect the hell out of you. Thank you. Thanks. Someone, um, someone asked Debbie if you would touch on like what Families Anonymous is. I mean, I know we're not a 12 step, but you can um, just kind of give a definition and like how that has helped you. Sure. Yeah. Um, what helped me was when, you know, Blake arrived in uh, for his help, I got the benefit of um, having a meeting to go with to myself. I still keep in touch with those people. I'm not going to those meetings anymore. They still are happening, though, on Zoom. So um, just as in um, recovery for people who um, have addiction issues, there's recovery for family members like we've been talking about. But there's a lot of different pathways now with that. So it used to be just Al-Anon, Families Anonymous, um, Naranon. But now there's some other things going on that um, uh, aren't 12-step related. But if you can find any of those, the suggestion is to go to a meeting at least six times. I know, Marty, you probably understand this you go at least six times and see how it feels for you um and then uh if 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 you can stick and stay there and, and it's a good fit terrific if not you can move on to another thing but it's that whole thing of getting yourself help and um support mm -hmm. so when your loved one's getting well then you have the opportunity to get well as well with people who have been through what you've been through which is the beauty of it Right. So we have at McShen, Moses Wright is still doing his family meeting. Um, it's on our website. It's Wednesday nights at seven. It's a Zoom. And he's a CSAC counselor. We love Mosey. He's one of my favorite humans in the whole world. He has the um, the way he talks to family, it's like no other. Um, and he has that soft, gentle touch, but also assertiveness to kind of explain things. So it's free for anybody on here. It's Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Well, tonight is today Wednesday. Yeah. So Wednesday. Yeah. All right. So tonight it's seven. Yeah, yeah. So Lisa, really quick. Um, I wanted to. Well, not really quick. We have time. I guess like 
So for you and Marta specifically, oh, I want to touch, if you're comfortable, talking about the grief of losing a child. Do you feel, um, I've seen both of you tremendously, because part of our recovery and how we stay in recovery is giving back, right? And I've seen both of you, all of you, every single one, even Alex and Todd, like give back. But what do you feel, I guess the question, two questions is like, what do you feel is the best part of your family recovering? And also, what do you feel is um, the the best thing that has gotten you through your grief? Okay. Um, the best thing that has gotten me through my grief um, has been my faith in God. Mm prayers of family and friends um, and the grief support group um, Gravel, who, which is not a part of McShin, we meet here when we're able to. Um, that has been a tremendous help uh, with my grief. Um, what was the other question? Just kind of like how you um, give back to the recovery community through, you know, finding McShin and and uh, your faith in God and like the stuff you do with the participants or or whatever you feel like you give back. How how does that help you move forward on a day to day basis? Okay, all right. Well, grief is just love that no longer has a home. Um, I have so much love that I cannot give Tyler anymore. And just being able to love on others, to um, do things in his memory, um, truly warms my heart. Uh, it gives me a sense of purpose. Um, I see how much the participants appreciate the little things that are done. And it just feels so much better to give than to receive. Um, so, you know, I like to think that I'm blessing others, but in reality, I'm the one that's being blessed. I'm seeing those smiles. I'm, I'm getting those hugs and I, I feel like I'm changing a few lives. I don't think I'm changing every life, but I feel like, I feel like my story and my testimony has helped some young people out there. Um, I'll never forget the first time I took cookies to the Clark house. Um, I, it was maybe three or four weeks after um, Tyler had passed. I say Clark house, the Scott house. Um, I took an encouragement card and some cookies. And I told everybody to look at me when I was talking. That was the mother in me. <laughs> I said, I've got something important to say. You're going to listen. Um, I love it. And, there was this young man, I'm not going to mention his names, but he's still part of McShan, and I, he, he will always hold a special place in my heart. He even looks a little bit like Tyler, but um, that young man had tears rolling down his eyes that day. And I looked around at all of the participants, and it's not that we want to judge and pick and choose who's going to succeed and who isn't. But I was very observant that day, and I was taking note, and I thought, this one right here. This one is going to make it. And he's made it. Um, but I, I told told all of those men, I said, do not let a 30-minute feel good. Leave your mother and your siblings with a heartache, a lifetime mm. of heartache. It is not worth it. So the next time you think you want to use something, you think about the pain that they will be in. And um, I think I got through to a few folks that day. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody thinks it's not going to happen to them. Right. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not going to happen to them. I, as a parent, and I'm, I'm sure Debbie, you and Marta also can say is, did you, I mean, Debbie, your son is alive, but Marta, did you ever think you were going to bury a child? Oh. And if so, was it going to be this way? Absolutely no. not. No, it's it has worst, worst nightmare. Mm -hmm. Yes. But the harsh reality is it happens every day. And in times like this, it's it's happening more and more frequently with this virus and mm -hmm. you know 
everybody lacking that human connection, it's it's tragic. We got that human connection right now, though. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that you went in there and straight mama their asses. That's amazing. I love it. That's so great. Um, if y'all hear a weird noise, my dog is like snoring so loud, and I don't want to hear. I don't want to hit mute. So that's not me like making bodily functions whatsoever. Sorry, I just like it's so loud. I forgot I wasn't on mute. So okay, Marta, same question. If you remember, can you repeat it one more time? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I got involved. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Response. No, what is the what is ways that you've gotten through your grief and like how um, <clears throat> what you do with the participants? How does that affect your life? So. I have to say that McShin has been just a major player in getting me through my grief. I am very blessed. I have a wonderful biological family. I have a wonderful church family. I have a wonderful work family. But McShin is the only family that I have that really understands. And when I can sit down with a few participants and Teach them to crochet scarves that we're going to take and leave around downtown for the homeless. Maybe I've given one or two a skill, something that they'll use for a lifetime. You know, I know we've had participants learn to crochet and then take their crochet to meetings. Mm -hmm. um, when we can get together, we can make quilts. And those quilts are going to go to our houses. So that when somebody comes in with no bedding, they have a quilt to use. Mm -hmm. That's got to give participants who help a sense of satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage anybody, obviously we can't do it right now, but if you have been searching, if you've been saying, well, I'm not working as much. I'd like to do some volunteer work. There are a thousand things you can do at McShin. It doesn't have to be quilting or crocheting. You've got a ton of talents. And you don't have to commit to a weekly commitment. But you're an accountant. Come in and teach people financial literacy. Teach them to balance a checkbook. Teach them to make a budget. Do it once every two months. You're going to meet some of the most amazing people you have ever met in your lifetime. And even if your family hasn't been affected, you're going to start to understand that a smile and a hug can change somebody's day. You know, especially somebody who's felt ostracized or ostracized in their own feelings um, because of a disease and just being there to say hi and do you want to do this and if not come sit with us anyway we want to have you has made all the difference in the world to me and I think it would be a great learning experience for anybody and really help break down the stigma. So, McShin always needs help people. Mm -hmm. There's a thousand things you can do. And there's no list. Nobody said, Marta, can you come teach crochet? I wrote and said, I think I want to teach some people to crochet. Mm -hmm. You know, so come up with your ideas and just do it. Yeah. Yeah. We're always in the need of all of those balancing checkbooks. How, what do you do to pay off your debts? You know, all types of skills we're always looking for. So if someone's on here that wants to volunteer, just reach out to us to let us know. Uh, we only have a few more minutes. So I wanted to kind of go around the room and um, 
A, I know, I don't know if, if uh, Alex does this, but I know Nathan says something that you're grateful for and also any last minute thoughts to our audience to let them know that there is help out there and just a tip or two on what to do. Debbie? Um, today I'm grateful that, honestly, that I met you and that you have um, 13 years in recovery today. That is awesome. That gives uh, me hope that others can do it as well. I've seen it happen. I know it can happen. And um, the other thing I feel really blessed about is that this community of love that sticks together and um, loves on each other. It, it's just it's just something that I never thought would happen out of this experience of addiction. It was the last thing on my mind. It was just let's just get well. You know, let's just get well. Um, and then tips, just, you know, I hope you can find a tribe and I hope that um, you can reach out to people. And uh, if you're struggling yourself or you're struggling, one of your kids is struggling. Um, there's, there's, it, it's so much, it's so, it's not easy, but it's so much easier than it was. And um, there is help out there. So I always want to be, um, give the, give the little gift of hope. Like those little coffee mugs I got you years ago, you know, be a hope dealer. And uh, sounds corny, but it's true. We can be a hope dealer. Oh, yeah. Better than a dope dealer for sure. <laughs> Sorry, so I'm grateful every morning when I wake up just to have woken up. Mm. I'm mm. thrilled and so grateful to have Mitch Shin and all these wonderful people in my life. And I'm grateful for the education that you guys have given me because that allows me to go out and share with my friends and they know they have somewhere to turn um, if they need to talk to somebody about it but it also helps to open their minds somewhat and I'll share my work family as an example of of that so and i think that's what what we can do to understand there are ways we can help lisa i am grateful for so much uh the question should be what am i not grateful for um i'm grateful for mcshin um i am but i am most grateful for the fact that i know where my son is I know he's with Jesus and I know I'll see him again. That is a priceless gift. Uh, as far as hope, I just want to say McShin, I endorse him fully. This is a program that works. If you have a loved person that is, is suffering, please give McShin a chance. Uh, Get your loved one in counseling, too. Don't just try to fix the, oh, we need to detox. We need to do this. It gets it goes so much deeper, so much deeper. Get your loved one in counseling and get counseling for yourself and for all the family members because it affects everyone. And turn to your faith. God can give you the strength that you need to get through each day. Thank you. Alex, what about you, bro? I'm grateful for the McShen Foundation. I'm grateful for these lovely, beautiful ladies inspiring hope and reminding me of my mom and not letting her down, who I'm also grateful for. Um, I'm grateful I don't have to use today. I'm grateful to have the leadership of the McShen Foundation celebrating 13 years of sobriety today. That is awesome. Um, I am grateful to have a platform to do cool stuff like this. Like I wanted to do podcasts for a while and then it just fell into my lap and now it's pretty fun, honestly. Uh, so I'm grateful to be, uh, and let alone something that's a lot more important than most of the stuff that goes on in my brain. So um, I'm really grateful for that. Um, and um, if you would like to volunteer to facilitate a group at the McShin Foundation, Alex B at McShin.org. I will I will put you in. Thank you. 
love it. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love I love our staff. We have the coolest people that work for us. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for walking in my purpose. Hands down, I know that God led me to McShen for a reason, and um, all those years of me using. Um, made me the woman that I am today. And I don't really have any shame or guilt from my past because it's made me the strong woman that I'm able to help people just like me on a day-to-day basis. So I'm just grateful to walk in my purpose and grateful for all you um, on here today. And Todd in the bottom little corner there, Todd works countless, countless hours um, and does our podcasts and videos and stuff. Todd Widows is uh, amazing if you need any video time when he's not doing hours, put that disclosure in, um, <laughs> then you can have him. But yeah, so we're about to, we're going to wrap up. I just want to thank you all again. Um, I'm going to lay down because this took a lot of energy, <laughs> but um, it was well needed energy. I love you guys very much. And thank you for being a voice for all of us, for the family members, for us, you know, with addiction um, and for those that haven't even attempted to get help yet and the family members that have no idea what to do. So we'll put this on some uh, different groups as well uh, through Facebook. So hopefully people will be able to get some advice and um, help their loved ones. So thank you. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, everybody.